Hey everyone, welcome to Hub City Church. We are ordinary people following an extraordinary God together. If you want more information about Hub City Church, find us online at thehubcitychurch.com connect and fill out our digital connect card. Now let's dive into this week's message. Happy Sunday, everybody. Today uh, is what we call Vision Sunday, uh, the Sunday that our optometrists love. No? Yes? You'll get it on the way to lunch. Uh, but uh, this is a Sunday we take every year to celebrate uh, what happened in the previous year and look ahead towards what God is leading us as a church towards this year and, and, and our, in our future. Um, and it's an opportunity because I think celebration is something that is important. You look throughout Scripture, you see moments of celebration and parties and festivals all throughout Scripture, and that's an important rhythm that needs to be a part of our life. And then also looking ahead, where is God leading us? What is he calling us towards as a church, as a people? And so um, on every other seat, we've got these annual reports. We're going to talk more about some of this information uh, that we have. If you didn't get one, uh, just reach over the seat and grab one uh, or raise your hand and our connections team will bring one to you. Just raise your hand and they'll bring one uh, right to you. But uh, this has a lot of information in it. We'll reference quite a bit of it. Uh, and then after our service together, what we're going to do a little bit different than in years past is we're going to have a family business meeting. And so um, if, this, if you call Hope City Church your church or you're just inf- interested in more information, uh, we're going to have an opportunity uh, to talk more in depth. So we're going we're gonna to hit some of this information, but we're going to have an opportunity for Q&A and more in-depth conversation. The church council is going to come up and answer any questions that you guys have. And uh, you can also text in questions as we're talking. So uh, we've got that number. Can we throw that number up on the screen? Oh, it's, yeah, there it is. It's right at the bottom. Uh, So hopefully you've got binoculars you can read. Oh, there it is, nice and big. Uh, You can text that number anonymously with any questions as we're talking about anything this morning that you have questions regarding your church and uh, what we're doing and how we're doing it. And uh, the, the idea here is not to get lost in the weeds of, spreadsheets and numbers and graphs. Uh, Even though there is a book in the Bible called Numbers, uh, we don't worship the numbers. We see that those numbers tie to vision. Those numbers tie to ministry. Those numbers tie to life change in people. And we want to celebrate those things, and we want to talk about those things as a church in transparency. And so we're going to start uh, very simply by recapping last year's financial side of it, and then we're going to take offering here in a second. Um, And so instead of me talking for a lot, uh, we've got April made a, a nice, quick video for you, recapping last year and giving us a financial snapshot of 2022. So let's take a look at that. This is a giving update for the previous year of 2022. Our total ties and offerings giving for 2022 was $224,227. Our total budget for the year was $222,000. Our total spent for the year was $233,919. This is a chart showing all the months giving for last year. As you can see, we had a few higher months, but we were just under budget a majority of the months. Our budget breakdown for 2022 was 10% into savings, 10% as a tithe to our Foursquare denomination, 41% to staff compensation, 29% to ministry expenses, and 10% to local and global missions and outreach. During the Christmas season, we celebrate Advent and give to local and global partners. In total, we raised $3,550. We care about what God is doing outside these church walls. Between the budgeted giving and designated giving, not including Advent, we gave $27,557 to local and global partners. These include Germany Missions, Camp Amos, Foursquare Disaster Relief, Friendship House, Serve Skagit, Benevolence, Church Planning, local community projects like Youth Sports and Burlington Edison Teachers and Faculty, and Foursquare Missions International. Each month, we put a percentage of money into savings. In total, we added $16,426 to our savings last year. One thing to note is our budget is made up of fixed budget items and percentage-based budget items. For fixed items such as our loan payment and subscriptions, we have to pay a certain amount each month, no matter what amount comes in through tithes and offerings. 
For percentage-based items such as savings and benevolence, that amount is determined by the total that comes in through tithes and offerings. For example, if $16,000 comes in a month through tithes and offerings, 10% of $16,000 goes into savings, not 10% of $18,500, which was our monthly budget in 2022. Now let's quickly talk about 2023. Moving into this year, we will have a two-phased budget. Starting now, our current budget will be $23,000. You'll notice some increases. Items like savings and denominational tithe will automatically go up due to being percentage-based. Wage increases for staff like new minimum wage. The rising cost of utilities, supplies, insurance, and fees. Adding items like life group materials, resources, books, volunteer appreciation were not in the budget in 2022. Barry Dairy Days, Serve Skagit, and Mission Support all receive ministry increases. Some of the above items' costs were being offset by money we received back from Foursquare or from our savings. This budget truly reflects where we stand right now. You'll notice the breakdown percentages change slightly with this new budget. We are praying and contending to usher into a new ministry and growth year, so this council has proposed a phase two budget of $29,000. This takes some of the previous increases and builds off of that. Again, savings, denominational tithes will go up as their percentage-based items. Staff compensation will increase as we wanna bring on two full-time pastors. Currently, we only have one. And this budget paves the way to get out of debt faster by doubling our loan payment each month. You can see here a quick breakdown of those percentages. Following service, we will have a church family meeting to discuss more in depth about this two-phase budget and more. Please stick around. If you would like to see a copy of the budget or have questions, Pastor Sean would be more than happy to talk with you and show you a detailed report. Please contact him via email. Again, thank you for your partnership with Hub City Church. We encourage everyone who considers Hub City their church to tithe. A tithe is simply 10% of your own budgeted income and you give to support the mission of your church. Maybe you can't get to 10% right now. We do encourage everyone to partner financially together and we strive for a church full of people that are actively tithing, serving, and attending. You can give via the Dropbox in the back of the sanctuary, drop in your cash or check. You can scan the Give QR code located on the seat backs with your mobile device camera. You can visit thehubcitychurch.com give for a convenient way to give online or send it to our mailing address here at the church. Thank you for your partnership with the mission of Hub City Church. All right, so we just opened up the fire hose and threw a lot of information at you. Uh, we're going to talk more about the 23 budget uh, during that family meeting at the end, but also you've got that printout because we threw a lot of numbers at you really quick, and um, we just we want to give that information to you. Uh, but what we're going to do right now is just take a moment, and, and uh, I'm going to invite our ushers or connections team to come forward. We're going to pray for the tithes and offerings for today, and this is a chance for us to worship God with our giving. Um, and also, if you've got prayer cards or connect cards, you want to drop those in, there's a great opportunity as well. Uh, but can we just take a moment and pray over the finances of our church, uh, both for today, but also celebrating the, the previous year? Jesus, we just take a moment right now, and we just thank you uh, for how you are using your church to impact this world. God, that uh, nearly $30,000 went out the door to help other people in this community and across the globe. We just want to celebrate that and celebrate what you're doing through this church to make a difference and to change lives for the sake of the gospel. We want to thank you for the discipleship that's taking place and all the, the stories and moments that come uh, from these numbers but God, we just thank you for your provision and pray for the, uh, the year ahead that you, we, we just trust you in all things. Bless these uh, generous gifts to uh, reach people for your kingdom. In your name we pray, amen. Amen. All right, so we're not gonna talk about money for the rest of our time together until uh, afterwards, all right? So I wanna quickly recap uh, last year and give us a ministry snapshot and celebrate some of 
the cool stuff that God did in our church and through our church last year. And a couple things that aren't in your pamphlet that I wanted to highlight. One was Serve Skagit that was mentioned on there uh, in the video. In September, we went and did projects in our community and also... Uh, Right here, we wrote handwritten notes to faculty of our school district. We uh, did some projects for Parks and Rec Department. And then we went and totally revamped a, a, uh, a staff lounge at one of the elementary schools. All new dishes and supplies and accessories and restocked their fridges and everything like that. And, and uh, I remember getting an email from their principal there at Allen Elementary. And she just said, John, I wish you could have been here when the staff showed up on that Monday morning, not knowing that that was going to happen. Uh, so they went from, you know, you know, staff lounges, right, and your coworkers' break rooms and things like that, where there's like 30 mugs and none of them match, and dishes that are chipped, and nobody can find a fork. Uh, and she just said people came in, and they were overwhelmed with excitement and emotion and just gratitude, because we had a team of people that went and just, boom, on a Sunday, just totally gutted the place, did a goodwill run. Uh, some of our team, like, opened up the fridge, and deep cleaned a fridge. And you imagine the treatment that that fridge got throughout the year. Uh, and just, that was an opportunity we had to connect with our community in a tangible and generous way. Uh, we started youth sports sponsorships, and we sponsored multiple teams this year in our community. We uh, did an interior refresh to our building, and some new signage and decor and things like that, and just gave it a, a fresh look uh, we saw a life group startup. We had a, a group for single moms in our church startup this year. And, and just seeing those ladies uh, on Sunday mornings and throughout the week and just the connection that's beginning to take place and the network of support, um, man, that needs to be celebrated. That's exciting to see the relationships that God is forming. Um, and then some of the stuff that is in that booklet, we'll have some, some slides too uh, for those that are at home watching. We saw five people say yes to Jesus. Two people got water baptized. That's exciting. That needs to be celebrated, right? Yes? Come on, more than anything, right? Five parties in heaven uh, because people said yes to following Jesus. Uh, eight people uh, said that they experienced the, the baptism of the Holy Spirit and empowering and infilling of the Spirit. Uh, we saw a mission team go to Germany for the first time, supporting our Germany missionaries. We sent a team of six last fall. Uh, we had Berry Dairy Days and, and our uh, Halloween hub spots, just community stuff that we did. Um, I think it's in the booklet. If it's not, I want to throw this information at you. For Berry Dairy Days, um, we had over 400 volunteer hours in one weekend. I mean, that's incredible, right? Our church is not the biggest church in, in the city, and yet we are making a big impact. And the city has reached out to us again and said, will you come back? Will you help us again make this possible, make it bigger and better than ever? And and I said, yes, uh, immediately, yes. So uh, very excited to, to do that and run the Kid Zone again. But uh, you see those stats and the hub spots. We had four spots with over 40 volunteers. Uh, summer camps, we sent a, a bunch of our students and youth out to, to our summer camps this year. Volunteers, one of the things we talked about last year was moving from rows to circles. And, and rows are important, right? Some of you love rows because it's like, I'm just sitting and I'm learning and I'm gaining information from pastor. Uh, but circles is where life change happens, right? Life groups, serve teams, things like that. Well, we had a, 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 a volunteer appreciation night this Christmas season. And in that process of just inviting people into that and welcoming them to come to that night, not everybody can make it, but we did the math. 70% of our church is serving. That's incredible, 70% of our church is volunteering and involved, uh, both on Sunday mornings, during the week, Friendship House stuff that we do, all of that. That is worth celebrating, people. We talked about it last year, and we saw an increase and saw 70%. I mean, come on now. Seven out of 10 people are serving. And that's not just old people. That's not just adults. That's young people, too. We're seeing youth. We're seeing students, elementary-age kids serving and volunteering and giving their time for their church and for their community. I think it's just incredible to see the good work that God's doing in and through your church. And so when we say that these numbers are important, uh, it's because all of those numbers tie to story. People finding Jesus, people seeing a church uh, put, their, put their faith into action in their community, uh, people getting a chance to meet others and, and develop friendships and a network of support. And, and all of those stories need to be remembered and heard and celebrated. Uh, 
today and, and throughout the year. So you've got all of that information. But as we look ahead, there's a couple of things I want to keep you, keep you aware of as we look towards 23. Um, some of you love calendaring, and so we've got those dates. There's a little handout in there, and uh, on there is the, the save the dates for 23. A lot of the same things that we're doing, we have dates for. Um, so if you're wondering, when is that Berry Dairy Days Festival, or when is Halloween, or when is Christmas? Because uh, some of you just, you know, that's going to catch you by surprise this year. Uh, we've got all those dates, and, and that is for you, uh, and, and printed out for you. So you can put that on your fridge and, and save that information and start putting those things in your calendar and saying, man, I'm going to prioritize being there uh, this, this year and, and being involved in what my church is doing. And so... Um, really excited about those things and, and a couple other things. I mean, we're hoping to get more life groups going. Those are ongoing, but they, they tend to, to revamp in the spring and in the fall. Uh, connection nights is something that we do where there's no agenda other than just connecting with people, eating food and hanging out, right? Getting to know people in your church. Um, one of the things that we're, we're going to do again is the heartbeat of Hub City class where we talk more about our theology and our values and who we are as a church. What's our heartbeat? Um, you're going to see those opportunities a couple times this year. And it's a chance for you to just, again, grow and connect and develop and, and continue to say yes to what Jesus is doing. Um, looking ahead at 23, I want to I wanna also uh, kind of paint a picture of where we're headed as a church. This is something that, this isn't given to us by our denomination. This isn't mandated by anyone. This is, um, as, as the pastor of our church, getting away and, and taking time um, I had some time this January to just get away with Jesus and, and say, Lord, what do you want to say to our church this year? And I've been praying and thinking about it, and, and, and he brought some clarity to it. And uh, for those that have been with us for the last year, you've, you've seen us endure a year long in Corinthians. Well, woohoo, there's more to the Bible. Uh, we're going to explore some of the other 64 books of the Bible, <laughs> uh, and not just First and Second Corinthians. But this year, we're going to Starting next week, we're going to jump right into a book called Haggai out of the Old Testament, a book that I'm sure has pages stuck together in some of our Bibles, because it's not a book that we normally open up and read. Uh, but then we're going, to, we're going to do a series on deconstruction and doubt and faith, and, and it's called Reassembly Required, just feeling like God wants to reconstruct some of us. Uh, rhythms and talking about spiritual rhythms and, and spiritual disciplines and, and routines and responses as a, as a Christ follower. Uh, we're going to spend the summer looking at questions that Jesus asked. How many of us have questions for Jesus, right? But Jesus, during his ministry, he would ask questions. And so we're going to take time this summer and just like, well, what questions did Jesus ask? And, and let's look at that. And then uh, this fall, we're going to look at Proverbs and see some wisdom for today. Um, I, I don't want to spend too much time looking into all of those, but I just want to kind of paint a picture like this is where we're headed this year. These are some of the themes and some of the ideas and some of the books of the Bible that we're going to be talking about. And I mentioned that Haggai series, talking about building the kingdom. I've got a little, uh, quick little video for you of what we're starting next. There it is. Yes, very excited. Um, next week, uh, we, get, we, we spent the last few weeks, last week was Q&A Sunday, today is Vision Sunday. Next week, we just, man, let's get back into the Bible. Let's just get some time uh, and, and, and rally around this. I'm excited for it um, and where we're headed. Now, in 23, uh, we're going to be, as I'm looking at this year, I want us as a church to look ahead, and we're going to see some changes uh, to some of our leadership you saw some budget changes mentioned in the video, um, and, and so I want to talk about some of those changes uh, for, for a few moments, and, and one that we always experience is a change in our council, our church council. This coming year, this is going to be uh, uh, the makeup of our church council, and it's going to be uh, Brittany Daffin and Peter Trussell are joining our church council and stepping in for Ellie Haddock, who has served her two-year term on our church council, and they will be joining Todd Thompson and Josh Kelly. And Josh has uh, graciously accepted to fulfill one more year. He is stepping into and fulfilling uh, Aaron Deaver's term because Aaron is going to be stepping into our kids' ministry position that we have opening up. 
And so this will be our church council for the next two, or next year, excuse me, next year. And the council, for those that don't know, they're like, who are these four people and what do they do? Uh, this is an appointed team that works with me to cover the financials and the staffing and the logistics and the operations of the church. They serve within our church structure as uh, a form of checks and balances and support and wisdom and counsel and insight. And a part of our process is that we present that to you and you have time to express comments, concerns, or questions. And so over this week, if you have any concerns about Brittany and Peter being on our council, uh, please reach out to me um, and let me know. But next week, if all goes well, uh, barring any skeletons that we did not unearth, uh, which I have full confidence that a week from now we're going to be doing this, we're going to welcome them up on stage, we're going to pray for them and, and, and just bless them and anoint them uh, for this season and what, what they're doing to serve your church. So uh, that's, that's one change, and that change happens every year. We always have two coming on, two coming off of our church council serving their terms, but but I mentioned the staff change there with Erin. Erin is going to be stepping in as our new kids coordinator, and she is replacing uh, my wife, April, who has served faithfully these last few years in our kids and other areas. She's kind of been a Swiss army knife of our church, serving in a variety of different places and areas. Um, and uh, in just a moment, I'm going to welcome Erin and uh, April. That's your name. I'm going to welcome April up, and we're going to pray for, pray for them. And very excited about this season. April and I were in discussions about, you know, an upcoming change. We, we, in our conversations as a couple, we saw this coming. We saw a change happening. We, we talked about it at the end of last year as a church, even, and mentioned that this opportunity was here. Um, and in that time, April has also gotten hired on by uh, the Foursquare denomination as the new communications, I don't know your title, communication and events coordinator of the Northwest District. Yes overseeing 300 churches in our area within our denomination, running events and comms and all of this. Uh, huge job that she's going to be taking on. Uh, so we're really excited for her in this new opportunity, uh, but very excited as well to welcome Aaron to the team. And so can I get you to just clap for these two as they come up? Did you guys want to say anything? I'm not going anywhere. Yes. I'm just not paid. <laughs> <laughs> yes, April is not going anywhere. You'll still see her serving and, and around and involved. Um, but uh, with new opportunity comes a change like this uh, for her and for our family. And uh, excited to have Aaron on the team and uh, jumping into this role. So this month they're going to be training and transitioning. And, uh, and then Aaron is going to run the ship back there uh, for birth through... Sixth grade. <laughs> so there's a conversation that's going to be happening. Just kidding. Uh, birth through six, uh, Aaron is going to be helping just to facilitate and run and coordinate all of that and, uh, and definitely going to need your help and need opportunities from volunteers and things like that because we've got a great next-gen program and um, really excited for this next season. But can we just take a moment and pray for these two ladies uh, as they step into new seasons of life, all right? So um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just put an arm on their shoulders, a laying out of hands, a very biblical uh, example. You can extend a hand if you'd like as a sign of support, and we're going to pray for them in this new season. Jesus, thank you for what you're doing in your church. We thank you for April and all that she's done to serve and support and do, and so much of it is, is behind the scenes and unseen. God, but you've used her to to develop this church, to grow this church, and, and to lead this church in a, in, into the season that it's in, and, and you've used her to give something healthy to hand off to Aaron, and, and we just pray for Aaron in this new season to take this leadership mantle and, and run with it. God, may she flourish and excel and, and uh, use her to, to bring life into the young people and into the families of our church, that we point people towards you, Jesus. Give her wisdom and counsel and every tool necessary um, as she takes on this position as our kids coordinator. And we pray for April, God, as she enters this new job, that you just, Holy Spirit, just equip her in every way she needs uh, to take on this new role. In your name we pray. Amen. 
Amen. We've got a little gift for each of you, uh, Aaron, for your time served on the council. Aaron was on our council for one year, and uh, so we want to say thank you for serving in April, for serving so many years. You're welcome. (laughs) So, yes, one more hand for them. A little gift to bless them. Now, April is uh, still going to help with some of our communications and things like that that we do. Um, and one thing, though, is you won't hear her voice in the announcement video realm as much. Uh, some of you that have been around for a while have seen her voice on the announcements. She was in the giving video. Um, you won't see those in the same way, but she's still going to help in, the, in, in a limited capacity with some of our communications in that way. Uh, but if you've got a, a, a love for graphic design and arts and video editing, please come and find me, and, uh, and we'll, uh, we'll help you out to find your calling here at Hub City Church and making graphics, right? Yeah. Anyways, uh, another transition that, that is uh, important to talk about involves uh, Pastor Tyler Houtsma, and pa- Pastor Tyler has been a part of our team for the last few years and serving uh, over worship and tech and, uh, and our youth. And Tyler's been on our staff for many years now. And um, starting March 1st, Tyler's going to shift his role into a volunteer youth pastor capacity. And so uh, he is stepping into a new season as well and not going to be uh, a paid staff member of our ministry team. He is going to operate as a volunteer overseeing our youth. And as he and I have been talking and conversing and praying and he is seeking the Lord, and Jesus, what do you have for me in this new season? Uh, after much prayer and conversation, he feels that this transition is going to be best for him and his family in this, in this next season to find healthy rhythms and healthy life. And, um, and in this season of prayer and conversation, uh, God has just brought clarity to his love for the, the local schools. Uh, Tyler works part-time in the school, so he's worked part-time for us and part-time in the Burlington Edison School District, and uh, he has a love for the kids, love for youth and young people, and his influence within the school wants to allow that to continue to flourish, and uh, this change is going to allow him to hopefully be able to find full-time capacity there and and work in that way, and so um, starting March 1st, that transition is going to happen, so over the course of this month, that change is is shifting, and uh, we're excited because and what I told Tyler is I said, um, my heart is, is to always equip people to say yes to doing what Jesus is telling them to do. And if Jesus is stirring you in this, I want to be supportive of that. Just as if he's come to me and said, I feel like God's telling me to move to Uganda, right? I would say, let's do it, right? And in this case, it's just a transition. It's a change in this capacity. They'll still be attending the church, still involved with the youth ministry. It's just going to be in a different uh, capacity, different bandwidth, if you will, with, with time and, and all of that. For the youth themselves, um, in, in our discussions, we don't think that the youth will see a difference in the uh, expression of what Wednesday nights looks like, um, but what, uh, what we're looking forward to is just seeing, man, what does God want to do in Tyler uh, in this new season? Because I really care, too, that it's not about what we do for Jesus, it's what Jesus wants to do in us. And thankfully, he wants to partner with us in doing things for the kingdom. Uh, but a lot of times in ministry, it becomes about what can I do for God? And my heart is, what can God do in us? And so with that change, there is a reality uh, to some of the changes as well that in terms of worship and tech. So there will be some opportunities uh, that we are exploring and needing help with. If you love scheduling and admin uh, Tyler's been scheduling our worship teams. If you love that sort of stuff, man, that's just your, your wheelhouse. Come talk to me. Uh, I might find your calling. Uh, if you love worship or you play an instrument, we're going to have opportunities. Uh, we're going to need help, right? With, we have two guitarists. We've got a couple of people that play keys. We've got a couple of drummers. Like, we've got a couple of things, but we never want to burn people out. And so if you've got a talent, you've got an ability or you want to continue to explore that talent, uh, come let me know. With worship or tech, with the sound and computer and lights and cameras and all of that, um, there's opportunity, and we'll continue to explore that, talk more about that. And with that um, is a shift that's, that, as we're looking forward, a change that I want you to be praying about is 
um, a change in our ministry team that was talked about with our council, and you saw it mentioned in the video, is the idea of bringing on another full-time pastor. Not as a co-lead pastor, but as an associate pastor that would help uh, with the ministry of our church. Somebody that could step into a, a role and, and be strategic in helping us grow and flourish in this new season of our church. Somebody that can take on some of these responsibilities. I don't know. There's a lot up there, so they got to be they got to be pretty talented to check all those boxes. Uh, those are just some of the opportunity that we're going to be looking for, an associate-type role, full-time capacity, running alongside me. Uh, because I've learned about my emotional health and my uh, style is I need somebody that's, that's going to run alongside me. I don't like living life alone. Does anybody? I'm not, I'm not equipped and built that way. And so I've talked with the council and said, I, it's going to be a stretch for us at some point. It's going to be a step of faith. But for our church to, to, to flourish in the next season, I think I'm going to need somebody running alongside me at that same pace. And the job description is to be determined. The timing is to be determined. The person is to be determined by us. But, but God knows all those details, doesn't he? Yeah. He's got all that stuff figured out. And we're just right now in a prayer phase. And um, asking God to, to just open doors, open our eyes, bring some clarity, and bring the right person that's going to fill that spot and, uh, and, and help us move into this next season as a church. And the more I've explored it, the more I've thought, you know, there might be something to what Jesus did biblically when he sent out the disciples. He didn't send them out alone. He sent them in pairs. And I just, I, there might be something to Jesus, right? He might have had something figured out. And... and and ministry is, is sometimes, uh, it's a lot to carry. The pastoral care of an entire church on your shoulders and, and having somebody help, man, there, there's something biblical there. And so we're going to continue to pray and explore and, and see what that does. And, and that's going to bring changes to the budget and our operation and some of those things. Um, but we're, we're right now just in the prayer phase and, and exploring that. But also, I feel it's important to bring that to you as a church so that you're thinking about it, praying about it, contending for it, and seeing that this is going to be the future of our church, is that we will have another full-time person. Tyler has served faithfully for years in a part-time capacity. April was part-time. We've had multiple pastors at different times in part-time capacities. To go full-time, it's going to take a step for us. And just in full clarity, we, Tyler and I did talk, and he was aware that this change was happening, and... Uh, and we talked about that. And I even said, like, is this something that excites you? No, this isn't where Jesus is leading him. Jesus is leading him in a different direction. And I wanted to be supportive of that. And he's supportive of this direction for our staff and for our church. All right? So I, want, I don't want anybody creating false narratives or reading between the lines or filling in blanks. Tyler and I are good. And we're on the same page and we're moving in the same direction because we're following Jesus, not ourselves. Amen? So with all of that, holy smokes, changes are coming. I wanted to share from a passage of scripture for a moment. Somebody's like, finally, the Bible. <laughs> and I found this passage, and I found it very timely for us as a church. Um, and interestingly enough, it's going to almost be a nice little prologue to what we're starting next Sunday. But this passage comes out of Ezra 3, and the exiles in, at that time in history had moved back towards the, towards the promised land. They had been in captivity, in exile, in, in Babylon, and they had been released and moved back. And they began to reestablish their lives after they had been gone for so long. And they begin rebuilding the altar to worship God, and they have time to celebrate God, and they begin to form the foundation of the temple, right? Solomon had built this great temple. It had been demolished. They had to rebuild it. It had been destroyed 50 years prior. And so they begin to build the foundation of the temple. We see this in Ezra chapter 3, and the reaction of the people is what captivated me and inspired me here, and I think is relevant to where we're at as a church right now. In Ezra chapter 3, this is what it says. It says, When the builders completed the foundation of the Lord's temple, the priests put on their robes, and they took their places to blow their trumpets, and the Levites, descendants of Asaph, uh, closed their symbols to praise the Lord, just as King David had prescribed, with the praise 
and thanks. They sang the song to the Lord. He is good. He is faithful. His faithful love of Israel endures forever. Then all the people gave a great shout, praising the Lord because the foundation of the Lord's temple had been laid. But many of the older priests and Levites and other leaders who had seen the first temple wept aloud. And when they saw the new temple's foundation, the others, however, were shouting for joy. The joyful shouting and the weeping mingled together in a loud noise that could be heard far in the distance. I found it interesting that in the middle of this moment of celebration, there's this mixed reaction. It reminded me of uh, this moment that I had in January. It's not a spiritual moment, but it's it's, it's a dynamic that I experienced. I was on a cruise with my wife, and they had this little, uh, we'll call it a restaurant, where they played sports on a bunch of TVs, but they didn't serve food, so you can fill in the blanks of what type of establishment it was. It was a sports bar. They had a bunch of TVs, and we were drinking beverages. But on these TVs, you saw all these different things, and on a cruise of 2,000 people, you got people from all over the world, and people are in there, and it's Sunday. And what do they do on Sunday? They weren't worshiping Jesus. They were worshiping the NFL. And so we saw games from all over the NFL being played. And, of course, the Seahawks are relegated to this tiny little 40-inch screen, and everybody else is on these giant... I'm like, who cares about the Cowboys? Well, half the room cared about the Cowboys, and the other half cared about Washington, and the other half cared about, you know, the Giants and all of these things, and the Eagles are playing, and the Bengals are playing, and what's happening is... All of a sudden, you'd be watching the games, and all of a sudden, some lady from, you know, Tulsa, Oklahoma, whoo, she's screaming at the TV. And then another person, no, whoo, no, whoo, no. And I just sat there as a Seahawks fan, like, shut up. I'm trying to watch this tiny little game. I've been relegated. Stupid Niner fans wanted to take over my tiny little screen, too. They're like, put the Niner game. I'm like, no, you shall not do that. It was a sports restaurant. But it was a moment where I began to see a similar reaction to what's happening in Ezra. You had mixed emotions. People are screaming. People are crying. People are yelling and cursing. People are, you know, praising Jesus all of a sudden because their cowboys could score a touchdown. You saw mixed reactions happening. And the same thing is happening in Ezra. This emotional expression is mixed and it's hard to distinguish. Are they crying? Are these cries of sorrow or cries of joy? There's a bit of both. When we see it in verse 12, the priests and leaders started to weep. And then the others, who hadn't seen the foundation of the old temple, who hadn't seen Solomon's glorious temple before, are shouting with joy. And these reactions make sense. You see the older and more experienced leaders, they had seen something that they could refer back to. There was a weeping due to their comparison that they were doing. They were looking at the foundation and saying, this isn't as big as Solomon's foundation. The temple's different. It's not the same. And it says that they were following all the instructions and all the rules. We're doing everything right. We're checking the boxes. And God's not showing up in the same way. And their reaction is what? It's not the same. It doesn't feel the same. It doesn't look the same. I want it to be the same. And then the young people probably didn't have a point of reference. So they're just like, hey, God's doing something really good. He's building something. Something's happening here. There's no comparison to be disappointed in because they're just looking at it and saying, we got something built. We're not in slavery anymore. We're free. We're building. There's a foundation. Now there's going to be walls. And people are just clapping and smacking those symbols, and they're just excited about what God is doing that is good. And I think about these mixed reactions, and I think, you know, we're not building a building, we're not building a structure, but we are building God's kingdom here at Hub City Church. And this year is about to experience a lot of change. We talked for a few moments about that. What's our reaction going to be in the midst of that change? Staff changes, budget changes, program changes. It's not going to feel the same, it won't look the same, it won't see the same results. And I know it seems silly to say it like that, but you know what? How many of us that have, there, no show of hands, some of us may still be looking at a church in 23 and comparing it to a church in 2019 pre-COVID. 
It doesn't look the same. It doesn't feel the same. It doesn't... We had different people. We have more people. We did different programs. We had bigger budgets. We haven't... You fill in the blank. And guess what? I did this. Last year, in 22, I had a mentor of mine say, Sean, it's okay to cry. It's okay to lament. It's okay to go to Jesus with this. But your church is not 2019 anymore. It is 22. The church you have is the church you have. The people that are there are the people that are there. And when he called me out on it in a loving but blunt way, I felt like the people there in Ezra. (laughs) But God, it's not the same. And I wasn't being honest with Jesus to say I was hurt. I was disappointed. I was comparing it to what was. The people in Ezra are comparing it to a temple that was built 50 years prior, a different temple under a different time in a different season with different leaders and different resources and different families. It was different. So yeah, it's different. And instead of looking forward, they kept trying to recreate the past. Oh, this is how we're supposed to do it. These are the songs. This is clang your cymbal on three, go. And they're trying to recreate that feeling and that emotion and that experience that they had experienced back then, 50 years prior. And I think there may be some of us still that are in that season. Or this year later, you might notice a change in something. You're like, oh, but it was so much better when April did the videos. It was so much better when Tyler did this. And it was so much better when we had this ministry or that program. Or we weren't blah, 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 blah. It doesn't. It's okay to bring that tension to Jesus. In fact, I think it's healthier to do that than to gossip about it and just get frustrated about it. Bring those things to Jesus. He can take it. And that's what I had to do. I had to lament. I had to cry. I had to be like those people. I had to be like those people in Ezra saying, Jesus, I'm frustrated. I'm sad. I'm, I'm, I'm depressed. I'm mourning. And then you have to allow Jesus to begin to bring healing and a new perspective to say, well, what are you building today? It's uncertain. I don't know what the future looks like in all these areas. The one thing I do know is that God last year reassured this is where I'm supposed to be. That's the one thing I know. And so some of you right now, you're like, so two-thirds of the staff just resigned. What's this going to look like, man? How's the church going to go? What's this going to look like? How's this going to... Here's a question. Can I trust Jesus in the unknown? Is this Sean's church or Jesus' church? It's Jesus' church. Were they building the foundation to worship themselves or were they building the foundation to worship God? Building the kingdom, man. They're worshiping God. And it's learning in that new season of uncertainty. Can I truly trust Jesus? Can I trust the leadership? Can I trust Sean? Can I trust somebody new? And I'm learning to trust God in a season of unknown. I don't know what the future of our church looks like in all these intricacies and details and all of this, but the one thing I can trust is that he is the foundation of this church. And he is building his church. This is our church. This is our reality. This is the foundation that God has built. And I'll tell you what, it may look different than 2019, but I am excited about what God is going to build. I look at these numbers, and some of you that have been with us for years might look at it and say, these look different than it did years ago. Yep. Yep, it does. But I'm excited about the foundation that God has built over the last few years and where we are headed. Notice the messages that, that God put on my heart for us this year. All the themes about building and growing and developing and flourishing. I think about this passage of, of Ezra. I think about the season of our church. I don't think change is meant to destroy us or devastate us. I think it's meant to shape us, form us. I don't think change is about just trying to say, oh, let's just maintain. Nope. 
It's about building. It's about growing. It's about flourishing. It's about developing into who Jesus has called us to be. Why would I want to recreate a church in 2019 when I'm living here in 23? Things have changed. Your community changed. Your school's changed. Your workplace changed. Your family's changed. Do you need the same church as four years ago, or do you need the new church that God wants to build today? I want to know what God's building for today and for the future. And so as we look at 23 and we look ahead, I wrestle with this question. I want you to wrestle with it, all right? What does Hub City Church need to be to effectively make disciples of Jesus throughout Skagit County and 23 and beyond? Now that's wordy because I'm a pastor. And that's what we do. We don't write simple questions. But break that down. What does Hub City Church need to be to effectively make disciples of Jesus? Because that's our calling. That's what we're here to do, right? We're not a social club. We're not just a nonprofit that does nice things. We go and make disciples of Jesus in Skagit County this year and beyond. What do we need to put our energy into? Where do we need to raise up leaders? What new ministries do we need to start that a year from now we're celebrating? What ministries do we need to cut? That's a rhetorical question. Please don't shout those out. <laughs> the senior pastor. What new leaders need to rise up in this new season? How are we going to use our facility differently? We have a great building. In a lot of ways. It's not great in a lot of ways, too. But it's great in its own way. And we've been blessed with it. And I want to use it. I want to use it for life groups and events and gatherings. We want to open this place up more. God's given it to us. Why are we only opening it up on Sundays and Wednesdays, right? We should be using it. We had a gal last year come in, and, and in a desperate situation, she needed a place for a memorial for her family. We were the only church that answered her. She said, your place is beautiful, it's perfect, we need it, thank you. I said, yeah, we don't get a lot of calls for, for memorials and weddings because we max out at a certain capacity. And she said, so? It's beautiful, it's wonderful, you should use it. How are we going to use this space to get people from our community into it? What are we going to do to possibly create new space? Oh, that's scary. But if we have a mission in this community, what is God going to do to create new space for us? Maybe not this year. Maybe it's the years to come. But what are we going to do to expand our footprint so that we can really reach our community to do what God's called us to do and not be constrained sometimes by a slanted floor that has a capacity of 100 people? Really cozy. How are you going to grow as a disciple? Because it's not just about reaching new people groups, and I, I think that's on my heart. It's not just about reaching unchurched people. That's important. But the people that we do have, I want you to grow. I want you to be more like Jesus. I want you to experience what God has for you this year. What does Hub City Church need to be so that we can effectively make disciples? That's what I want us thinking about. That's what I want us praying about. And if this is your church, it's not just about what you can do for your church. I told you that when I talked about Tyler. It's not just what you can do for us. It's what does God want to build in you? What does God want to build in you? Because he wants to build something in you and through you. The Holy Spirit doesn't just come to work in you. He works through you, and he doesn't want to just use you. He wants you to grow. He wants you to develop. He wants you to experience more of God. He wants you to become the man or woman that he's created you to be and flourish in that. I'm excited for that this year. I want you to be growing. I want our church to be reaching new people and unchurched people, new people groups, young and old and different ethnicities and backgrounds and church histories and people that have been wounded by the church, people that have never been to church. I don't think anybody in the room is like, nah, that's not for me. We want that. We want to see that. And so this is where we're going to start. We're going to start praying. 
That's the first step we got to do is we got to just bring these things before Jesus. And so I've got a real practical challenge for you. That is on that numbers card or that uh, calendar card that you saw, I'm calling it the 23-23-23. And it's not that 23 is a holy number, okay? But 23 is just, I was thinking about what is a way I can remember to pray for my church? And so I created this card that you can put on your fridge or put somewhere on your dashboard or your nightstand or something like that. But can we commit, if this is your church, can we commit to praying for 23 minutes on the 23rd day for all of the year 2023? It's nothing super spiritual and holy about the number 23. It's just memorable. To like literally put it into your calendar even right now, those of you that love your phone calendar, like put it in on the 23rd and repeat monthly. 23 minutes of prayer. 23 minutes of prayer where I'm going to grab my spouse or my kids or myself and I'm just going to pray for my church. I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to pray for our leaders. I'm going to pray for what's next for our church and what God is building in his church. What a challenge for some of us because 23 minutes for some is like, that seems like a long time, Sean. Yeah. It's going to stretch some of us. For others, 23 minutes, you're like, why not 25? Go for it. Do it. But it's just meant to be this memorable thing that as a church, 23 minutes on the 23rd of every month for the year of 23, man, can we pray for our church? Can we focus on praying for our church and the people that make up our church and the future of our church? And so that's what it's going to be, and that's what we're challenging everyone to do this year, and there will be times where we bring that stuff back up. We bring up that 23, 23, 23, um, and maybe times where we gather together to do that. I don't know. We'll see what that future looks like, but I just want us to uh, start by praying. God, what do you have for your church? So let's do that this morning. Can we just stop right now, and we're just going to pray. We hope you were encouraged by today's message. If you want to take your next step in following Jesus, fill out the digital connect card at thehubcitychurch.com connect. We'd love to celebrate what Jesus is doing in your life.